0: Hello, sir. Hello. Hi. Hello. Sir, quick question for you. Hey, a few questions about money for you guys, real quick. I'm Nick in New York. Hello. Nick in New York, we love you. Nick Nick in New York. York. You're not busy right now, are you? Are you busy right now? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Would you consider yourself a generous person? Are you, sir? Are you. He's just totally ignoring me. Are you a generous person? With what I have, yes. Yeah? Yes. I think I'm a very generous person. Moderately, so I'm, I'm. Not really. No. Do you wish you were a generous person? It would be nice. Well, we're just students, so we don't have a lot of money, so we can <laughs> yeah. just give it away. <laughs> right. Personally, I'd recommend going left, but all right, we can go straight. Someday, maybe when you are rolling in the big six, seven figures, you'll be a very generous person? Of course. Very cool. Are you generous? I, 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 well, um. Are you Anne Hathaway? Can I get a picture? Are you just lying to me? Are you really her? Oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. Thank you. You're Can't believe we just met Anne Hathaway. <laughs> when you are generous, why are you generous? Tax benefits, your faith. It usually is because I'm very lucky in life and other people are not as lucky. What goes around comes back around. I think we could end world poverty if everyone was generous. Lord be with us all right now. Define generosity. Generosity. I think America is a true definition of generosity. Really? Yes. Uh, Higher tax rates. Generosity is where you are selfless and you give to where it hurts. Yes. Thank you, sir. Ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Let's give it up for Nick in New York. Let me just say two quick things about uh, the Nick in New York. Uh, First of all, we deliberately did these videos without a River Valley Church logo or specific inside jokes because we wanted to make videos that any church in America could use with a giving series. And our heart for our church is to take what we have and use it for as many churches as we can. We're very open-handed. We're very generous to give. And that's uh, how our spirit is for the church. And that's what we did. So just so you, if you know a church that wants to use the videos, have them get in touch with us and we will let them use them. There's one next week, so I can't wait. And the second thing is because nobody had a really good definition of generosity. One guy was close, but... I'll give you a generosity uh, definition right off the bat that I thought was pretty good. It says, the virtue of giving good things to others freely and abundantly. The virtue of giving good things to others freely and abundantly. I like that for generosity. So as we look at generosity today, uh, as we continue this series, Liquid, um, I just want to give you a little recap and just talk to you about a couple things from last week, and then we'll get into generosity Uh, But I want to let you know that anytime a church talks about tithing, uh, lots of questions come up. Usually right after I get done preaching, I'll go to the lobby and uh, without fail, it happens every time, it happened this last weekend, Uh, people will come up and say, hey, hey, I have a clarification on the tithe of where it needs to go. And they usually say like, hey, does the tithe have to go to the local church? Do we have to bring it here? And uh, usually it's followed with something like this, because see... Our kids are in Christian school, and we kind of think that that could be a tie there, and the Christian school needs the money, or they'll say, like. My brother is a missionary and we want to give the money to him, or they'll say, hey, there's this church we were part of in Kansas and they, they're struggling and, and we wanted to keep giving it there even though we're going here. So you see I'm saying there's you like where does it need to go? Does it have to, do we have to bring it to the church? And I can tell you strongly that I say it over and over again, everything that I read in here, everything I practiced before I was a pastor and now that I am, is to bring the tithe to the local church that if each community would bring the tithe to the local church, there'd be enough need, enough that is brought in and it would take care of all the needs and the church would be in a position of strength and you bring it to the church that you're part of. Um, And if you were to talk to any charity, any missionary that we support, um, you'd, you'd hear them say, hey, you need to tithe to your local church. Then over and above do that other giving because they realize if the local church is not there, the charity is gone. They're saying, wait a minute, the church comes first. We're gonna take care of the church, build up people, send out missionaries. That's what we're doing here. We're we're a local church that's doing that. And then over and above, we support those other things. And I'll still get people that are mad about it. Sometimes it'll be successful business uh, leaders and they'll be like, I don't don't know that I wanna bring it all to one place. I I don't know, I'm not, I mean, I like giving it where I wanna give it. And the thing that I would say is many times when I see these people, most of the time men, but sometimes ladies, um, I I see that this is somebody that is not in submission in anything in their life. They're not in submission in anything. Now, these people, if they're men, they might love to use that word against their wife, like submit, you know. But when it comes to the church, they're like, I'm not submitting to anything. You tell me that I should bring it here. I'm going to give it where I want to. And I think for a lot of people that are in that position, maybe you're a CEO, owner of a business, whatever, this is the one area in your life you could actually submit in. And, And here's what the word submission means. It means to be under the mission, under the mission. You're in support of the mission. So if you're in this church, you're saying, hey, when I bring the tithe in to this church and I give it and I do it willingly, I'm in submission. I am under the mission. I believe in where this church is going. I believe in what they're doing. I believe in the good that's going on. I believe that God called me to help build this and to reach these people and to go for it and make a difference in all the world. I'm in on this. And so I would say, please uh, be obedient in that and go ahead and get in submission and do that. Some of you might have a breakthrough in other areas of your life. just because you're obeying God in that area and getting under the mission. Now, there's all sorts of questions that people ask me. I probably have five or six more that I could go to, but for the sake of time, I'm going to get to the, to the end and, and get to the other stuff in the sermon. But I will say this. I, I, we'll do a bonus sermon, okay? We'll do a bonus teaching. And if you have a question about tithing or giving or money or kingdom builders or anything like that, You can email it now in the next week or two to info at rivervalley.org. If you email that, we will uh, look at what comes in and kind of see if there's a trend, and uh, we'll do just a little teaching, maybe a bonus thing. We'll put it in with this sermon series and be able to do that. We will, we will not make fun of anyone that asks the question. Of course, if you email it, it can't be anonymous. We have your email, all right? But uh, some of you might want to do it snail mail or something like that. But we will not embarrass anybody. We won't say their name. We won't say, can you believe what Judy said? Judy at AOL. Dot, you know, and we won't do that, all right, so... We're, just trust us with that, all right? Um, now, a couple things uh, with practical help and just some thoughts on tithing and giving and whatnot. A tweet went out uh, last week from the sermon. I thought it was good. It said, imagine if everybody tithed. I mean, it was just one of the points that I made in the sermon, but I said, imagine if everybody tithed. We'd have millions upon millions and millions upon millions of dollars extra. I mean, if everybody tithed instead of 20%. And uh, for some reason, that just went out in Twitter and just people were retweeting it and over and over again. It's interesting. It got me to thinking was there ever a time where the tithe just showed up and things went amazing? And I found this. In 2 Chronicles 31, Hezekiah was the leader and the king. And he said, We need to reinstitute tithing. We need to take care of the priests and all this. We need to reinstitute the sacrifices. And guys, we need to start tithing. We haven't been doing this. And so he reinstitutes tithing. And as he starts doing this, it's only been going on for a couple of months. And in 2 Chronicles 31, it's only been going on for a couple of months, and all of a sudden, there's so much coming in. The Bible says there there were heaps of resources and heaps upon heaps. And in 2 Chronicles 31, verse 9, it says, Hezekiah asked the priests and the Levites about the heaps. And it says, And Azariah, the chief priest from the family of Zadok, answered, Since the people began to bring their contributions to the temple of the Lord, we've had enough to eat and plenty to spare, because the Lord has blessed his people, and this great amount is left over. Hezekiah gave orders to prepare storerooms in the temple of the Lord, and this was done. I mean, there's so much. They're like, we are taking care of the needs. We're feeding. We got resources. We got leftovers. What do we do? And he's like, let's build storehouse. Let's build a place to take care of. Imagine that. And that was only after a few months of tithing. And I'm just telling if we could all catch this, it'd be a great thing. Um, Another practical thing, just as we continue to talk about generosity and tithing, start as soon as possible on the road to giving and being a tither. Did you know that 63% of the people that actually tithe, 63% started before they turned 30? Only 37% started after 30. So start as soon as possible. Maybe you're over that. You say, that's my, I'm out. You know, no, there's still an opportunity, but start as soon as possible. You know why that is? Because the spirit of mammon is not talking as much in your life. When you start young, you're overcoming the spirit of mammon and you're living in generosity and you're hearing the voice and the whisper of God instead of the spirit of mammon. So you do it. And when you're older, that spirit of mammon has been arguing with you about money for so long, it's hard for you to to go ahead and break free from it. And our oldest son, Connor, he said, uh, I'm so glad that I started tithing when I was a little kid. He said, I'm looking at my paycheck now, and look at what I'm tithing. He's like, that's real money. Like, he's like, I'm so glad I started it when it was, like, pretend money, you know. And and I thought, you're right. You're right. We're training you up, and now that you're doing it, he's like, I don't regret it. I'm just excited that I got used to it. One other thing. A friend of mine, Rod Loy, uh, did a sermon series. Uh, He pastors in uh, Little Rock, And uh, he said three things. He said, obey, pay, and delay. And I think this is great practical advice. And uh, he would say this, obey what God says. Tithe and obey whatever he tells you to give. Start with that. Then he said, pay. Pay off your debt and pay yourself. Pay off your debt. If you are in credit card debt, pay off your debt. And then if, if you are out of debt with your credit card debt, pay yourself and start to save. After you've obeyed God, start to pay yourself and, and build up an emergency fund. Did you know that most Americans don't have $1,000 in reserve? That's not a good way to live. So obey, then pay, and the last thing is delay. And I love this. I've, I've kind of practiced this, but he said delay. Here's what he meant. He said, delay whatever raise you get for one year. Don't tell your boss that, okay? He's saying, delay your raise. If you get the raise, don't live on it for one year. Tithe on it, pay the taxes, but then use that to pay off debt or use that to build up a reserve fund and put that away. Then when the year comes up, you'll put some, imagine like if you go from an employee and all of a sudden you become a manager, you get a $10,000 raise and you tie the thousand, maybe you give a thousand to kingdom builders and you pay your taxes, another thousand, and then you, you, 1,500, let's say, uh, for that. And then you take the rest and you either pay off debt or put that into savings. And then the next year comes around and you start living on it. Well, now you've helped yourself, you've delayed it. And when that year's raise comes around, you delay it. I think it's a great principle to move ahead and uh, very practical. And if you like practical advice, please sign up for Financial Peace University. We have it as a life group. I can't say it enough. If you are in debt, if you're in trouble, if you are like the average American that spends $1.33 for every dollar they earn, you need financial peace. And I couldn't uh, recommend enough. Go to our life group page and sign up. All right, I'm talking to rich people today. That's you. You don't believe it, do you? You're like, ah. Paul charged Timothy to talk to rich people, and he said, command them to be generous. And I'm talking to rich people, and uh, I know that because in the global economy, we are the richest of the richest. The CEO of Nicole Miller, a designer uh, company, just recently said, hey, America, lighten up on your hatred of the 1%. You are the 1%. He said, in the world, you are the 1%. The rest of the world is scrutinizing your money like you're scrutinizing the 1% of the 1%. That didn't go too well with a lot of people. They got offended at them. They didn't like it. But it's true. We are the richest 1%. The people in poverty in America are considered by global standards to be the richest 1% of the world. So I want to talk to you about being rich and about being generous. And last week I said, does your giving look more like an atheist or a believer? Now I want to ask you this by reading Psalm 37, verse 21. Does your giving look more like the wicked or the generous? Because it says, the wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. Are you somebody that borrows and, and you don't repay or are you somebody that just looks for opportunities to give generously because we, we believe that all of us can be generous. And I can show you this from 2 Corinthians chapter 8. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses one and five. The apostle Paul is talking to the Macedonian believers and he's talking about them. Okay, and he's saying, hey, these guys are giving out of their poverty, and they are generous people, and he gives us the very reason that we can be generous. And we all, if we're followers of Jesus Christ, we have the reason that we can be generous. So let me read it to you. It says, And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service of the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. And the first thing there in chapter eight, he gives us the key. The only reason we can be generous givers is because of grace. Right. It's because of Grace. The only reason and the thing that motivates us, the thing that happens is the grace of God. You and I are not naturally generous people, but when the grace of God comes into our life, all of a sudden generosity happens. The spirit of God starts to make us more generous and he just changes us. That's what happens. Now, how many know that people outside the church don't like that. They look at it, they're like, I don't know. I don't know about all this crazy giving and all these people wanting to give their money to the church and give their money to kingdom builders and to missionaries and my neighbor's a missionary and wants to go and I can't believe people are giving them money. It bothers them. It bothers them. Why? Because they're not in on grace. As soon as you get in on grace and you start realizing how amazing God is and the Macedonian church was like, we were going to hell we were heathens, and somebody came and shared with us the love of Jesus. We've been given so much. This is incredible. We, we've got to look for an opportunity to give. We, we just have become generous, generous people. You know, it's interesting. The world just can't stand it when we're generous and we respond. They, it bothers them when we want to give and give more and give more. They'll try to talk you out of it. The Star Tribune wrote a really good article about our church a while back, and um you know, people were, some haters were on there, and they're ripping on our church, like, I've been to that church, I can't stand that church, you know? And then they're like, they talk about money, and then somebody, you know, from our church apparently was like, no, they gave away, like, $2 million to missions last year. And then people were so upset about that, like, that's money that could have stayed in Minnesota? How dare them help the poor? And I'm like, Seriously? Seriously? They're hating on us for being generous. Why? Because they don't know grace. They don't know grace. And it makes sense. But if people know grace and you know what God has done, you want to give extravagantly. That's what happens to you. Some are like, oh, no, I'm in grace. Yeah, oh, good, you're in grace. Think about in Mark chapter 14. The Bible tells about this lady that was set free from a terrible life of sin and she goes and breaks open the most expensive perfume equal to one year's wages and anoints Jesus And she's like, I love you for forgiving me. I love you for changing me. I give extravagantly. I give generously to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Judas, who apparently was easing his way from a message of grace and and upset with what Jesus was doing, he's like, that money could have been given to the poor. I can't believe she wasted that. I can't believe. And, And we find just a few chapters later, he's ready to betray Jesus. He wasn't in on grace, and he was so upset. And the world calls generous giving and grace giving. They call it fanatical, and Jesus says, you know what? It's love. It's love. It's grace responding. Because here's what happens. When God saves us, grace comes on us. Grace grows in us, and then grace flows out of us. It's really easy. On, in, it's kind of like wax on, wax on, on, in, out. That's what happens. That's what happens. That's why we volunteer. That's why, that's why no other organization outgives the church. They don't. No one else outgives the church. There's more hospitals built, more universities built, more civic good that's being done, more wells around the world, more alleviation of poverty. The church is out there shining because grace comes on you, grace grows in you, and grace flows out of you, and you can't help it. The word generous, you know, the the word generous comes from a Latin word, and it really means of noble birth. That's what the word actually means in the Latin. It means of noble birth. And they used to say they're generous. They're born of a noble line and they're able to take care of people and they do the right thing and they give from their, they're like a king that takes care of their people. So it was generous. It was of noble birth. And then it kind of changed and morphed over time And it became that charity. It became that definition of the virtue of giving good things to others freely and abundantly. But I don't want you to miss this because I thought this was cool when I was researching it. It used to mean like of noble birth. And I think the reason that we're so generous is because we become children of God. And how many know I'm a whole different person? I am now a child of God. I don't want to be all weird on you, but I'm a child of God, and you are too. If you know God, he calls you son and daughter, and he's like, you you can go for it. You are now of noble. That's why we're so generous, because we understand who we are. We understand what we're supposed to look like, and this is how a, a child of God acts. They're generous because God is so generous, and it's something that all of us can pursue. It's a good thing. You have to go after generosity. You have to let it develop in you. We give our time, our possessions, our money, our attention. We give world aid. We give encouragement. Why? Because we're generous. We're like God, and and the world expects it from us. Let me give you an illustration. This is not true. It's an illustration, so I don't want you to not like this guy afterwards. Our oldest son, Connor, works at Buffalo Wild Wings in the Mall of America, and he's a server. Let's just say that Adrian Peterson comes in. He did not come in, but let's just say he did, okay? Okay. And Adrian has a group of 30 people, and they order chicken wings for everybody, and they are eating up and nachos, and they're having a great time, and they do the thing. At the end of it, he gets the bill, and Adrian Peterson gets the bill, and Connor's probably thinking, oh, man, this is Adrian Peterson. He's NFL. He's like the 1% of the 1%. He's been I mean, I cannot imagine. This guy makes millions of dollars. This is going to be an amazing tip. And all of a sudden, Adrian Peterson puts nothing in the line and gives it to Connor. How many think Connor would be like, that, uh, that's a total total disconnect. How, much, Connor, how many of you know that Connor wouldn't go, well, he needs it worse than me? You know, you wouldn't do that, right? But how many you know it would be a total disconnect? And he'd say, like, that, that's not how I would think you'd behave as somebody that has so much. And I think it bothers the world when we're not generous. It bothers them in some ways because they, if you're so good, if God's so good, then why won't you let it flow out of you? When we're generous, how many know that we're like God we're like God how many know that some people are trying to change the way that Christians are viewed with tipping have you heard about tips for Jesus where people go out and put a thousand dollars on the tip or tip a hundred percent or you know five thousand dollars I keep praying one of those will go to Buffalo Wild Wings you know and take care of Connor for us but anyways (laughs) his mom prays more than me on that one but When we're generous, we're like God. Do you know that everything God has created is generous? Really think about it. He creates the sun. He says, give your heat, give your rays off. The moon collects those and reflects it back to earth. Stars give away their light. Trees give off oxygen. Man, I want to be like God. God gave his only begotten son. Jesus, who was rich, became poor for our sake. He's like, I'm going to become generous. That's what God is. God is generous. Proverbs eleven twenty four 24 says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. I'm telling you what, I want my world to get larger and larger and larger. And the world of the stingy chokes out life like a desert. And when a desert encroaches on life, it just takes it over. It gives nothing back. I want my life to be like a forest, just giving away and giving away and being more like God. All right, a couple things. Everyone can be generous. Everyone, don't think like, this is for those guys over there. Uh, Every one of us can be generous. It's not the amount. It's not the amount we give. It's the amount we keep. Let me say that again. It's not the amount we give. It's the amount we keep. The widow with the two coins gave everything she had. She's like, generous, wow, blows me away right there. It's not the amount we give. It's the amount we keep. And then our attitude matters. Our attitude matter, uh, a generous giver says, I trust in you, and my attitude will be one that says you're gonna take care of me. Now, I wanna illustrate this. We were at one of our elders' homes, and we had an elders' dinner. It was a lot of fun, and uh, we were at the dinner, and we're enjoying time. One of the elders, he just said, you know what, I was so impressed. We were talking about kingdom builders. He said, I was blown away by my daughter. He said, our daughter worked babysitting, did all this, and saved up all this money. One day she came down and brought it down and said, I want to give this all to kingdom builders. And they're like, all of it? And she said, I want to give it all. Give all this money. And they're like, you want to give all that? It was was so much money. She had been babysitting. And they said, you know, she was like, I want to do it. I want to do it. And they said, our heart just leapt within us like, oh, good for you. She's generous. She's, oh, she's exceeding even our thoughts of generosity. I mean, how many of any parent would be excited about that? And as they're telling that story, I started thinking to myself, well, The reason she could be generous is because she knew dad was going to take care of her. Dad pays all the bills around here. Dad's going to pay for dinner. Dad's going to take care of her. And then the Spirit of God just whispers to me, do you know why my kids can be generous? Because I take care of them. I take care of them. And so when you're thinking, can I be generous? Yes, you can, because God's going to take care of you even more than any earthly father could. Okay, with just a couple of minutes left here, I want to give this to you as quick as possible. We can all be generous givers. Every one of us can be generous givers. And Paul gives some insight into us being generous givers in 2 Corinthians 9, verses 7 and 8. I'll read it in just a minute, but I want to set this up. This scripture here is not talking about tithing. This is talking about Kingdom builders, this is talking about missions, this is talking about all the different types of giving you could do over and above your tithe. This is talking about the tithe has already been given and over and above that. What was going on? The Apostle Paul was collecting money for 10 years. Hear me now. For 10 years, it was called the Jerusalem collection. In AD 40 to 46, there was a severe drought and famine in Jerusalem, and the believers that were there were struggling. So for 10 years, Paul is going around to these other churches and he's saying, guys, you gotta give. You gotta be a part of this. You gotta give. We need to pool in. Now do whatever God tells you to give and that's where we get this. He says, each one of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So he said a couple things here. First of all, each one of us, each one of us can do this. Every single one of us, regardless of what we make, can be a generous giver because it's not the amount, it's what you're keeping and living. And he's saying, I look at this here in a different way, each one of us. And I wanna say like, why wouldn't you wanna be a generous giver? Why would you want to be exempt? Matter of fact, one time somebody said, you know, I know how we could grow the 830 service at Apple Valley. I said, how? They said, well, we could lower the tithe requirement to 7%. And then, you know, uh, I was like, why would we want to do that? You know, the blessings at 10 anyway, why would we want to lower the amount? We wouldn't want to do that. Each one of us can be a tither and go generous. We wouldn't want to do that. So each of us, and then it says what you can decide in your heart. And I want to let you know this. Paul uses a verb here that is not used anywhere else in the New Testament, and it means this basically. It means that you have a freedom. You have a free will, and you need to deliberate about this. You need to think about this. You need to be strategic about this. God's going to give you a number, and you need to obey that whisper. You're going to trust him. You're going to deliberate in this, and you're going to do that. Isaiah 32.8 says, But a generous man devises generous things. And by generosity, he will stand. How many of us sit around and think, how can I make more for the kingdom of God? How can I do more? How can I be generous? I'm gonna devise ways to be generous. Each one of us can do what we've decided in our heart. We have the freedom to do that. And let me just add this while I'm thinking about it. If God gives you a number to give that he whispers in your mind, he says, hey, I want you to do this over and above for that ministry, I want you to do 100,000, 200,000, 10,000, 500, whatever he whispers. Do you think God is in heaven like this? Hey, hey, angels, come here. I just whispered a mount to him that's going to ruin him. (laughs) It's so good. He can't do it. It'll never work. I know I used the Holy Spirit and I whispered it to him. He's doomed. (laughs) Is that the God we serve? No way. The God we serve will be like, I gave you that whisper. Watch where your world goes. Watch how the world of the generous gets larger and larger. Guess where I'm sending you? You have no idea the doors I am open. You listen to that whisper and obey it. Three quick things. He said, I don't want it to be reluctant. What does that mean? Here's a reluctant gift. I give it and I think about all the things I could have bought. That doesn't mean you don't sacrifice. Somebody say, ah, we're not doing vacation. We're going to do that instead. But here's what people will say when you give over and above. They're like, do you know what you could do with that? You could buy a cabin. You could get a luxury car. I can't believe you give that much all the time. I can't. And, and, And here's my response to that. Like, I don't even think about what I can't get. I think about what I'm getting by advancing the kingdom of God, that I'm becoming more like God. And a generous giver gives it and doesn't go, there goes the cabin great right. kingdom builders record year you know that's not a generous giver And <laughs> somebody like ooh, all right not under force and here let me say this very clear no one's visited i had a friend of mine he said that uh their church came to his house and said here's how much you will give we know what business you own we're building a building you will give this much and he said yes i will and they said thank you very much and then they left that's not what we do here We want you to hear the whisper of God and obey whatever he says. It's not under force. And the last thing is with joy, with joy. God loves a cheerful giver. And I love what the Amplified Version says, a cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart is in his giving. I love that. It's with joy. We do it. John Ortberg said this. He said, even if you don't have joy, give anyway. He's a pastor in California. He said, even if you don't have joy, give anyway. And somebody said, well, I think I'd be a hypocrite then. He said, no, you're not. He said, a hypocrite does something on the outside to cover up the yuck on the inside. You are trying to jumpstart the inside by being obedient on the outside. I was like, ooh, that's good. So let's be obedient. Let's just go for it. But this is the way God wants us to do it. And he gives us the clue. He says, it happens only because of grace. And God is able to bless you abundantly. He'll give you that grace. He'll make all grace abound to you. We've been given so much grace on us, grace in us, grace out of us. So, Lord, I pray right now. Last week, we prayed that we'd be obedient givers, and today I'm praying that we wouldn't be reluctant givers, not reluctant. We don't think about what we lose. We think about what we gain, that any whisper from you is a good thing. It's going to lead us down a new road, a new opportunity, a new adventure. And so, God, I pray that we would give joyfully, full of grace, full of love, ready to go for it, not reluctant, not under compulsion, but saying, God, whatever you say to us, Lord, we'll be obedient. Thank you, God. The Macedonians can be generous. Anyone can. And we say, God, here we are. We want to look more like you, act like you, think like you. Help us, God, to be generous. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.